The primary purpose of the matter over mind experience is to educate. It doesn't constitute advice or services. Before making any changes, please consult a medical or dietary professional. Nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So, take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Matter Over Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And I have an interesting guest on the show today who has one last name, but like two ways to pronounce it. So before we get into the episode, I wanted to kind of break that, explain that to us. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But seriously, I have Jenny on the show today. And we're going to talk about tea. We're going to talk about the history of tea, the health benefits of tea, because by now, you know that part of my morning routine is drinking different teas. We know that tea can help with healing the gut, which is a very important part of my show, and tons of other health benefits. So it's good to have an expert on here who can tell us how to use tea to get true benefits for our body. So I can't wait to explore her mind today. And of course, we have a hack of the episode, some of the health benefits of drinking tea. I kind of gave it away. I kind of gave it away, but that's going to be the hack. And with that being said, let's welcome Jenny to the show. Hey, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm excellent. And I'm excellent. And as I promised my audience, before we start, tell them about your last name and the pronunciations. Okay. So my last name is spelled T-S-E. And it's kind of funny because when I first started my tea company, people said, you should just call us Jenny's Tea. Your last name starts with the letter T. But that's actually not how my last name is spelled. And I know it gets really overwhelming when people look at it like, is T silent? Do you pronounce the T? And so I'm actually Cantonese. I was born in Hong Kong. And so I pronounce my last name T. Almost like the first two letters of my first name, Jenny, like a J and an E sound together, J. But it's actually Chinese, so there's a character for it. And if you speak Mandarin, it's she. Because in Chinese, my character of my last name literally means thank you. So if you've heard um, thank you before in Mandarin, it's she she, which is just my name repeated twice. But in Cantonese, it's te instead of she. So however you want to pronounce it, it's totally fine. <laughs> I'm just going to call you Jenny. Thank you. I like that. Since your last name literally means thank you. So I think that's pretty cool. And I'm going to thank you for the episode once we're done with this puppy today. And with, but with that being said, though, tell my audience about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Jenny and I was born in Hong Kong, grew up here in Fairbanks, Alaska. And I grew up as a coffee drinker. So I've been drinking coffee since I was four. And it wasn't until my last year of college, I started drinking tea. Not because it was healthy for me, not because I was studying athletic training. I was a double major in athletic training and physical education. 
It was not for the health benefits. It was literally at the time, the cheapest thing on the coffee shop menu. And I was doing it as a college student who was going to have to pay all their student loans back, which included all that spending of my coffee drinks or whatever it was. So I decided drinking tea. And then so many people asked me questions about the health benefits of tea, which I knew nothing about because I was studying athletics and rehab and, you know, training and, you know, performance. But I didn't know anybody else who drank tea. And I drank tea just because it was there if I had like a Chinese meal. But I didn't grow up in a family of tea drinkers here in Alaska. Ah, so then you started kind of getting into the history of tea at that point? Is that what happened? So what ended up happening was people would ask me questions like, oh, I heard tea cures cancer. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Because if that was true, they'd be giving everybody tea who had cancer, right? And I'm like, okay. And then someone else said, oh, I heard tea's Chinese. I'm like, I don't know what that actually means. Like, <laughs> like what, what does that mean that tea is Chinese? And so the teacher in me, because I was going into physical education also, the teacher in me wants to find out, right? Because everyone's asking me questions and teachers don't know everything. They're good at trying to find out the best answers possible. Like really good teachers are very humble and realize that they're always learning. So I'm like, okay, people keep telling me these things about tea. I haven't come across any of it before, but during my later studies of researching different rehab techniques or whatnot in different uh, medically published journals, sometimes they actually had case studies on tea. They actually were doing research on tea, which I was shocked about because that was the thing is our professors always said, well, what does the research say? And just realize that those demographics and parameters always change and everyone is different. So be aware that it does not always work for everyone. Those case studies are on that specific parameter. So the more I started learning about tea, the more I started telling my friends about what I learned, not that I knew everything. And that was the beginning of my journey of tea. But the history part of it didn't really come up to me until I actually went over to China and visited tea farms. I never was really interested in the history of tea. I'm like, okay, these are the health benefits of tea. All right. Like this is how tea can help people who have the daily activity of drinking tea. There's like a correlation of longevity and different things like that for people who are tea drinkers. But when I went and flew to China to visit different tea farms, that's when I was starting to understand my own cultural history. You know, one of the most dangerous things when I talk to people is they say, show me the study. Because for some reason, everybody's become a scientist now. Like it's, it's actually <laughs> pretty annoying because like most, if science in the wrong hands is dangerous, there are certain particular parameters around that particular study that may not apply to you. And how many people know how to comb through a 10, 20 page report and figure out what actually happened, right? Yeah. So, or, or how it, how can really, it can really apply to them. Most people, I would say at least 90 to 95% people don't, right? So just say, mm -hmm. show me the science is one of the dumbest thing people can really say, because you don't know what you're really asking for. It's better to find someone who is an expert who you trust, who can help you 
along the way. So that's one thing. That's one of my soapboxes and stuff that I want people oh, yeah. to really pay attention to. <laughs> stop saying, if you're one of those people who just want to say, show me the science, you may want to stop because if you keep saying that, but you have, but you're not at the, I would say at a, the optimal level of health that you can be, then you may want to reconsider your approach. But with yes. that being said, I have a question for that, Jenny, because now that we figure out that tea is not Chinese, where <laughs> does tea really come from? So tea is actually like the tea plant itself technically is the Camellia sinensis plant, which is this evergreen tree. I actually have one in my bathroom, but like I have this little, it's in a little pot and it's this evergreen tree that turns into white, green, oolong, black, and poor. Now, everything else, like peppermint, hibiscus, um, even yerba mate, rooibos, chamomile, uh, those things um, are not from the tea plants itself. And those are herbal teas, or in French, it's called tisane, which means herbal infusion. So you wouldn't call coffee a tea just because you steeped in hot water. So why would you call all these other plants tea when they're technically not from the tea plants itself? So tea originated from China, specifically from Yunnan province. And if you ask a person from India, you ask a person from Taiwan, all these major exporting countries of tea, they all say it's from China. Like the, the history books go back to China. And it has to do, do with like spoken stories, actually, you know, because there's no like hard research that this is from China. But all those countries claim that is from China. Um, so it's very interesting, but the practice of like tea drinking goes to like every indigenous people group on earth because everyone has some sort of like infusion that is from their originating people group, drinking something hot, infusing it in boiling hot water, which kills most of the germs. If it's in boiling hot water, that cleansing, that, that time of that self and community type of wellness around tea drinking. So nowadays, especially in America, everything's called a tea. Mushroom, you know, chaga, like all these things are called tea, but technically tea is from this one evergreen tree that keeps growing. Um, it looks like little bushes on hillsides and those are the ones that have been pruned to look like that. Otherwise it could be over a hundred meters tall. And in rural parts of Yunnan, China, there's these old ladies who climb up these bamboo poles and they're up in the trees, these like hundred meter trees, picking tea leaves off of these wild tea tree plants still. But most places all over the world, Africa, um, even South America, um, they're used to this, it looks like a shrub because they've trimmed them down so they don't have to climb up them, the, this evergreen tree. So in a way, I mean, tea is kind of Chinese, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't know. I didn't know until I went to China and I was like, oh, interesting. But what does, again, I was the person who's like, well, what does the research show? That's why I say like, it's very fascinating because of the the written word wasn't around saying that tea was from China, but going back to as much as documentation, especially because like the Chinese had these like, well, kind of like hieroglyphics, like our, our languages and characters, right? And how they um, had their characters for so long past and actually volumes, kind of like encyclopedias of how to use tea in different ways 
because certain people tested it on themselves when they tried all these like different poisonous toxic things. And so tea is very cleansing in that way because one of the plants that was helping them was tea when they're trying all these other things on themselves. So, um, but if you're to be like, oh, where's like the science that proves like teas from China, you know, some of that stuff gets destroyed, especially because it was founded, quote unquote, in over 2500 BC. So, you know, that that kind of like even the change of the earth and everything like that, it's just really hard to preserve stuff like that, unless it was like carved in stone somehow and didn't get, you know, like ruined or worn down. I know, right? One day we'll we'll find the the like the hyperg. I just call it hyperglyphics. Is that they call yeah. it? Uh-huh. And then translate them, and they like, "Oh, there we go. Tea is Chinese. Look at that." <laughs> um, so now let's fast forward to today, right? Why is tea one of the most popular drinks in the world? So tea is one of the most popular drinks in the world because of like the history of tea. So the history of tea goes all the way, you know, back to China, and even though different countries would all go to China, you know, the Silk Road and earlier for trade, because all these things were coming out of China, roses, bone China, quote unquote, you know, like the the porcelain that they made that was actually from bone, um, different types of silks, uh, citrus fruits, noodles, like all these things are like founded, quote unquote, out of China, almost like as if it was the center of the earth. But it, I mean, in my mind back then, it probably wasn't quite the center of the earth. It's just that they were progressive enough. And so people would go there seeking spices and different luxury goods that they themselves didn't have. And tea was one of the things that was traded. And with that, people like China at the time really wanted to keep their their stuff because they're like, well, if you're buying everything from us, you know, kind of like global economy now, like I don't have anything that I actually want from you. It's like when you're in kindergarten and you're trading your lunch and you don't want to, there's no, everyone wants your food, but you don't really want everyone else's food. Um, so, so China kind of kept tea to themselves. It was like, there's no way you're taking our tea seeds. You're not growing this stuff. This is what we highly desire. This is what we highly seek for our own wellness because we love it so much. So all these other countries are seeking tea. And with that, there's trade for tea that's going all over the world around the same time that there's all these demands for luxury goods that are coming out of China. And then that's how tea starts growing in more and more popularity. And then the British are wanting to grow tea and trying to smuggle tea plants and tea seeds out, hence the colonization with India. So they're growing tea in India now. They're growing tea in Africa because of the colonization down there. Um, And so tea starts growing everywhere and it's just in higher and higher demand. Um, especially for royalty. They really liked it. Um, whether it's for taste or maybe wellness, I'm not really sure. But there is this correlation with wellness still to this day. And this is why I'm here, right? Because tea's good for you. And it's been around for over 4,000 years. You know, tea, have you ever watched um, any of the, I don't know how much of a superhero fan you are, but you know, Marvel movies, but the Black Panther movies? Mm-hmm. So tea sounds like vibranium, right? It's like China <laughs> has vibranium, right? And everybody wants vibranium, but they're not willing to trade vibranium. I know the story's a little different, but it just yeah. really kind of sounds like that. You know, like everybody wants it, but they're trying to hold on to it kind of deal. I'm not going to give you any of what I have. But in seriousness, though, 
when in my practice with clients, I have a three-sided approach. I haven't said this in a long time, but it's ancestral living, the uh, the scientific evidence, and how does it make you feel? Anecdotal piece, right? Whenever I, I talk to a client about any kind of health, possible health benefits, I always look at it from those three sides. And I'm not going to break down all three, but I'm going to talk about the ancestral piece. Nothing is new under the sun. Things rotate, right? Like we, things that we do now are things that our ancestors used to do. We just thought they were stupid until we figured out that, hey, they're actually smarter than we are. So <laughs> now that, you know, tea has so many health benefits. Like you said, our ancestors have been drinking tea for a long time. If you're concerned about your health or if you, do, you just want to improve your health, you want to think about adding tea to your routine. Best time, I would just say like in the mornings. Start off with something warm in your stomach. There's so many things I've seen, even on Instagram, YouTube, people talking about the benefits of having something warm in your stomach in the morning. And when you look at tea that has anti, um, anti-inflammatory benefits and some can have resveratrol and, and so on and so forth, there's, you're really starting off your day in a good way. And that's why drinking tea has been vital in me reversing my asthma and my gut issues. So we're going to get more into the benefits of tea once Jenny actually breaks everything down for us in better detail. But before I get there, I want to talk about one of my favorite companies, The Amino Co. You know, I was going there because they make Perform. See, their products are 100% science-backed, built on amino acid technology, first funded by NASA and further refined through rigorous research and independent clinical trials. So Perform is an essential as acid-based formula designed to improve muscle performance during exercise, enhance mental clarity and concentration, reduce fatigue and dehydration, and minimize recovery time. Now, people who've been listening or watching me for a while know I love Perform. I use it more for pre-workout because it has essential aminos and creatine. It helps me to bang through my workouts. But it also has about 60 milligrams of caffeine. I usually use take two servings, about 120. That's important because most pre-workouts are just full of sugar and it has about 200, 300 milligrams of caffeine. We can't be good for your heart over time. So the small amounts of caffeine is kind of like 60 milligrams of caffeine is kind of like a bag of a, a, like a cup of tea or coffee sometimes, you know, like it's not a lot compared to what you would find out there in all these pre-workouts. So having the, the essential aminos to feed my muscle and the creatine to help me through my workout and the caffeine together helps me to perform at my best. But don't just listen to me. Here are these clinical trials that I absolutely love. 20% increase in exercise completed. 22% increase in endurance. 11% increase in peak performance during exercise. 10% improvement in cognitive function during exercise. So check out Perform. The website is um, aminoco.com health. You get 30% off all their essential amino-based products. And of course, to make it easy, I'll make sure that the website is in the description of the podcast. And with that being said, let's move on with the show. So... Other than health and wellness, because, you know, we know we're going to, you're going to break that down in a moment, health and wellness, the benefits benefits of tea. What are some of the other benefits of tea? So the three things that I like to teach about in tea is not using tea as a supplement, right? Like 
we talked about this early on the show. It's not about just taking it and what the science say and it's going to work for me. It doesn't work for everyone. If you do not approach your life as holistic living in the way that you think, the way that you react, the way you reflect, it does not make a difference because other parts of your life are going to hinder your way of living, your wellness. So I feel like tea is extremely powerful. And this is actually why I started my tea company. So I didn't know much about tea. When I started learning about tea, I was curious because of the health benefits, right? Of tea, because of my scientific background. I'm like, oh, okay, tea's healthy for me. But that's not why I kept drinking tea. Tea was a way for me to slow down and to reflect. It helps with my mindset, right? It gives me space. Tea drinkers, yes, you can buy tea in a bottle. You can buy tea in a can. You can buy tea to go at a coffee stand or something like that. You can not make it yourself. But most people who are quote unquote tea drinkers, like everyday tea drinkers, make tea for themselves. And that ritual is really powerful in transforming your mindset because you've made space for that thing, which gives you time to sit and think and reflect on different things that you're grateful for and how you're going to improve your everyday life, even by 1%. And so that is like the most transformational part about being a tea drinker. That is powerful. And that, that, that speaks to me. I, my, my story that I have for that is I start working about 7.30 during the week. During the, on the weekends, I'm a little bit lazier and I may get up a little bit later, but I start working at 7.30. Now, most people that I talk to who, let's say they get up, they, they start working at 7.30, let's say they work from home, they get up around 7.15, roll over, brush their teeth and go to work. Or if, or they have to leave the house at 7.30, they may try to get up at 7, you know, whatever. Like they just try to get up enough, enough so they can get out the house or they, if they work from home, roll over and go to work. I wake up about an hour to an hour and a half before so I can meditate. Practice my breathing. I might play some guitar if I if I have time. Make and drink my tea. And depending on the time of year, go for a walk outside 10, 15 minutes. Sometimes if it's warm in the mornings, because I live in Florida, so it warms up faster. I'll go outside with my tea and I'll drink my tea as I'm walking around in the morning sun, right? And that's part of my ritual. Transforms my life completely. I feel so much better way calmer i'll tell I, the other day i was going through a little rut and but i was out of my routine because i just came back from new york and if i was there for two weeks i wasn't i wasn't following my routine and when i came back i just kind of fell off i just didn't continue and i was in a rut and i couldn't figure out what was wrong and then one day it kind of dawned on me i said hold on i'm not waking up at, when i usually wake up i'm not even drinking my tea in the mornings if i do i'm drinking it rushed now i just get up and kind of move so I was talking to one of my friends and I explained to her, I said, that's what it is. My entire routine is, is, is not where it's supposed to be. Cause I'm not just drinking tea and expect to be Superman the next day, but it's the entire, it's starting off in a parasympathetic state and the rest and digest and being calm and focusing on positive high vibrations instead of low vibrations. I'm Jamaican and you know, Bob Marley has a song that says, if you wake up and quarrel every day, you're saying prayers to the devil, I say. That's why he has songs like, you know, 
Don't Worry, Be Happy, like Three Little Birds. That's one of my favorite songs to play in the morning time because I just start off feeling amazing because I'm raising my vibration. So if you're really focused on your health, it's not just about what you put in or out of your body, which is a very, that it really grinds my gears when I talk to a lot of people in the Western world who are not health experts. And if they are, who do say these things, we're so focused on what can I take to get better? What can I take for that? These people are ne- are usually not healthy, right? <laughs> because they're so focused on taking something to prevent a symptom instead of, like you said, approaching the overall effects of drinking, not just drinking, of healing the body, the mind, and the spirit, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And, and when you do that, you will feel, it's something I can't explain you will feel like a whole different person and you'll be at the point where you can't even explain it to people, but you just, you just have that joy that you've never felt before. So Mm -hmm. that's my, that, that was my soapbox on that. So I I appreciate everybody kind of sticking through, but now we're on to the hack of the episode. What everybody been sticking around for Jenny, what are some of the health benefits of drinking tea? Okay, so that first part was really important to understand the lifestyle of a tea drinker. Because my very first case study that I read, surprisingly, okay, we were talking about how it applies and doesn't apply. It was on Scandinavian men who were about 55 to 65 years old. I am not Scandinavian, nor am I a man, and I am not that old. How would that even apply to me? So when I was reading that case study, it showed a correlation of tea drinkers that were men, Scandinavian, that age group, um, tea drinkers three times a day. And it showed that there was a correlation on longevity, less likely to have heart issues and less likely to have accidents walking along the sidewalk and like breaking a leg or getting hit by a car or being like less likely to be even in an accident to begin with. And I was thinking, wow, that's kind of strange to have scientific research that just is essentially explaining the lifestyle of a tea drinker. And I was like, hmm. Interesting. So that must have made the biggest impression to me and kind of like what you're talking about, like the holistic way of living. But when you think about then the science of the components of the alkalines, the methyl xanthines, um, the polyphenols, it makes sense. When you think about the heritage of um, the practices that went with tea drinkers from Taoist and Buddhist monks. So they're meditating for hours, just like night and day, meditating, saying prayers, you know, like even if you go to India, sometimes you'll see the difference, like the monasteries on the hillsides and they're drinking tea and tea is grown at high latitudes, really good, very potent tea is actually grown at high latitudes, just like you have high quality wines at higher latitudes because it stresses out the plants to be more potent. That's where the most potent plants are going to be. It's cold, there's more cloud coverage, and they're just stressed more. And with that stress for the survival of the plants, it produces more density of all those nutrients because the plant is using it to survive. But then us as human beings reap the benefits when we harvest the tea leaves and now ingest those benefits into us. So there's a lot of components to tea. Some of them are going to be like, caffeine, right? Like you're talking about having caffeine. Caffeine is not necessarily a bad thing, right? But it's really how we take it and how we use it. 
Now, some people have heart palpations. And most of my customers, I those who say they have heart issues, I'm always warning them, like, I'm not a doctor, I'm not your doctor. And please follow the advice of your doctor still in case something happens to you. But these teas actually have a lot of caffeine. Most people don't realize that the camellia sinensis plant has more caffeine than coffee does. And the reason why they don't realize it is because there's other components that balance out the effects of the caffeine. Now, when you think about Taoism, Buddhism, there's the yin and the yang, the balance. You're awake, you're alert, you're focused. You don't feel tired, but you feel relaxed and calm and your body is calm. There is an amino acid called L-theanine that's in all green leafy plants and has one of the highest densities of that amino acid, L-theanine, is in the tea plants. It's in spinach, it's in kale, anything green and leafy. It's not in coffee, because that's the coffee berry pit. that's got no green leafy part. You're not going to get any of that um, amino acid, but it's very powerful in helping the, the body calm down, relax, not feel too jittery or anything like that. And then you were talking earlier how it helps with your like breathing, right? Well, tea has theobromine in it that opens up the bronchioles to absorb oxygen. So people who have asthma or are drinking green tea or black tea or like all from that same plant, right? Um, can get benefits on feeling like they can absorb more oxygen, which is great for your brain stimulation, right? Like to think clearly you need to be absorbing oxygen. If you can't breathe, your body needs oxygen throughout all your, your um, cardiovascular system, right? To be healthy, you need oxygen. Otherwise people turn blue and then they die. So, you know, oxygen is very important. It's also important for healing too. So when you think of this yin-yang approach of relaxation and dilation, now you can see that why it's so powerful for cardiovascular disease, for preventing it, but also promoting cardiovascular health. So all these components in the tea plants itself, and when I say tea, I'm just talking about that green tea, black tea, white tea plants, has all of those things in it. And then it has this really important antioxidant where this is where most of the research is on called ECGC. It's this gigantic long name. I'm not going to even try to pronounce it. I have to practice it a couple of times to pronounce it right. But that is a non-cell specific polyphenol flavonoid antioxidant. You can use all those names interchangeably. And it protects any cell like a shield from free radicals from coming in and breaking it down. Granted, over time, it's the shield is going to be broken down, but that's how you're going to have prevention of like cells being mutated from unhealthy environments. And when I say unhealthy environments, it could be like you could be around other toxins like air pollution, cigarette smoke. It could be stress. It could be bad things that you're ingesting into your body. So when you're completely like just a regular tea drinker, drinking tea like once or three times a day, or me, I drink like half a gallon of tea a day. Um, it's helping replenish those cells throughout your body. And no, no, you can't make it just, you know, do your gut cells. It's going to do your throat cells, your tongues, like anything that it touches. It's non-cell specific. No, no, um, what do you call it? Um, prejudice. It's non-cell specific. So 
just like personal training, sometimes when you do certain exercise, a lot of exercises, you can't just do one spot. You're like, oh, I'm just going to make my my back strong. Like there's certain things you can do to help support your back. But in the end, it's actually going to help you in so many other ways, right? When you do certain exercises um, or the majority of exercises. So ECGC is a really powerful antioxidant. It is not the only antioxidant. There's actually other antioxidants in the tea plants itself too, but that's like the most powerful antioxidant in tea. What I was thinking about as you were talking is, is that I was kind of thinking about caffeine, right? And kind of similar, very similar to what I talked about with Perform, how it has uh, the, the creatine and the essential aminos, which does help to balance out the caffeine and why you don't need as much um in um versus they say pre-workouts which is all sugar and caffeine but which made me think about this if they say you, you go to like um you know starbucks somewhere right and you get a, a coffee that or that has 150 milligrams of sh- caffeine and how many grams of sugar and all that stuff so that which is all stimulants it it your body's not designed to to t- to to drink caffeine like that you know that's why you say caffeine is not bad Right. But when you take out all the, the, everything in, in the, in the, in the plant or in the tea that balances out the caffeine. And then you just got the, the raw sugar, which we know is not good for us. Your, your, your body is in a, is basically in a, in immediately in like in a response state to that. It has to respond to all that. And it becomes a regular part of your routine. And if you add to that, if you're rushing, you know, I'm, I'm going to get some coffee because I got to hurry up and go to work. So you're in fight or flight mode all the time, like consistent like that. Then you drink the caffeine and you drink the sugars and the artificial flavoring and everything. You don't realize how much danger you are putting on your body. For that. Now, I want to address something because I mentioned to someone once that I wake up early in the morning and start my routine. And she said to me, well, it's good. It's nice that, you know, you, your life, you have a life like that because you know, I have family and kids. And I, I said, I had a couple of things to say to that. That's one. I wake up early. <laughs> That's number one. And number two, even if you can't do an hour and a half or an hour or whatever, try to wake up at least get 20, 30 minutes early in the morning where you can give yourself that time to have a slow start to the morning, right? Because at the end of the day, if you want to be healthy, you have to have an overall health routine. That's why with the matter of my experience, I interview people who are experts in many fields that I'm not even an expert in, but I want them to bring to you different things so you can learn and say, maybe this is something I want to implement in my life. And if you're not a tea drinker, I'm not saying you should drink a half gallon of tea every day, but no. <laughs> at least start with, you know, with with adding tea into your routine. If you don't know anything about tea, that's why we have experts like Jenny, thank you on the show, Jenny Cheche on the show <laughs> to help us out, right? But with that being said, Jenny, tell my audience, how can they learn more about you, more about your work? I think you have a book as well and a YouTube channel. Yeah, I do. So I have a website. So I actually own a tea company, but my tea company started from tea education. So if you you can't tell already, I'm really passionate about tea education. Um, And my website is Sipping Streams like like a river, sippingstreams.com. And if you want a free copy of my book, a digital copy of my book, it's absolutely free. You just have to go to sippingstreams.com slash my book. 
Now, if you go to the website, you can't find the book. You can buy the book. It's available on Amazon, or you could just get a free digital copy of it with color pictures. So sippingstreams.com slash my book. I'm also on YouTube. I've got over 400 educational videos on tea. And you just go to youtube.com slash at sippingstreams. And I'm pretty much on every single social media platform out there. So, yeah. Perfect. And with that being said, the show notes going to be seekahelp.com slash sipping streams you know i was going there you know i was going out at first it's going to be it's going to be um jenny share but then i was like you know what let's just go with sipping streams it sounds so much cooler and of course the show notes are going to be in the description of the episode and with that being said thank you jenny for being here thank you for watching and listening and we're out for the day fam thanks for joining the matter over mind experience if you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.